Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you. I am so excited about all that God is doing, God has done, and God continues to do in and through us, God's church, that we get to be a part of God's kingdom building activity. We get to be a part of of what God is doing right here in this moment, that we get to be a part of building God's kingdom because that can lead us into a, a belief, an understanding, a recognition that the best is yet to come, that God is calling us to something greater, to something bigger, to something better so that we can be a part of God's kingdom, so that we can be transformed, so that we can be more and more like Jesus in everything we do. And so if you're new here, we're just excited that you're with us. We have been talking about this message series, The Best is Yet to Come, and we believe that you are part of what is best about what is to come, that together we can be God's hands and feet, that we can live boldly for the kingdom of God. And so we want to invite you on that journey with us. We recognize that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And so we want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing in us so that we can uh, together be different, so that we can live boldly for God's kingdom, so that we can love people where they are, we can share love and grace with everyone we encounter, and we can make a difference in this world right here and right now. And again, we're talking about the best is yet to come, but sometimes... If we're honest with ourselves, especially now in the recent past, since the past two years, maybe past four years, maybe it's been longer for you, but you can look around at the world and you can struggle to see a lot of hope. You can struggle to see a lot of promise for God's kingdom building activity. You can struggle to see a lot of promise for the best being yet to come. Maybe you look at the world and, and you're thinking that the world is, is not in a great place. You, you, you look around at friends and family and you see them struggle. You're surrounded by death and illness or hurt and broken people. You, you recognize on the, on the weather channel oh, hurricanes or tornadoes or in the news, we see other natural disasters. We see wars and rumors of war and the world seems to be filled with death and destruction. And may, maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, well, <laughs> in the words of my grandfather, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, maybe, maybe you are sitting there and hoping upon hope that God will take us away to some distant shore, in the words of the hymn, that, that surely this world uh, is, is not where we're going to, to have to reside, but God is going to come rescue us and take us away, uh, kind of like Calgon, to some better place, to some distant shore. And yet, in Scripture, there's an undercurrent, there's a, a feeling of struggle within the message of God. That God is saying, hey, I'm not done yet. I have people left to love. I have a world left to to continue redeeming. I have relationships to repair and, and people to restore to relationship. There's so much more for us than a life raft that takes us heavenly, heavenward. We weren't made for a life draft. We're made to partner in creation. We are image bearers of God. 
Uh, what, is that, what does that look like? Uh, it comes, the language comes from Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. And the idea comes from the, the creation poems that we see. Uh, and it says this in Genesis 1, uh, verse 27. It says this, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So, so what does it mean? to be created in the image of God? Is it that we look like God? Is it that we think like God? Or is there something more to it? I believe that it's, it's more than just a, 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 an, an outward appearance. I believe that bearing the image of God is to take action. We bear the image of God in action. We were created to be like God in our love and care for His creation. You see, God loves creation. God didn't create it and go, oh no, that's awful. Uh, on the contrary, God looks at creation even now and says, it's good. There's so much potential. There's so much hope. Uh, continuing in that Genesis poem, God saw all that He had made when He had finished creation, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You see, friends, creation isn't bad. It's just broken. Creation isn't wrong. It's just been wronged. Uh, we, through our sin and brokenness and the broken relationship with God, have caused the brokenness to enter into creation. And so God calls us into action so that we can help be a part of the solution. When we see how God loves creation, it can help us to see creation differently, to see the hope and the promise that God sees, that God would send His only Son into the world to redeem us and restore us, not so that we can be whisked away to some distant shore, but so that we can be a part of what God is doing to redeem creation right here and right now, so that we can bear God's image, so that we can represent Jesus in this world even now, even here, even at this time. Uh, we see this clearly from Jesus when He is giving uh, his greatest sermon. His greatest message is called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it took place on the shore of the Sea of Gal Gal Galilee, where he had gathered, people had gathered to, to hear him, and he says some of the most profound uh, things in his entire ministry. Blessed are the poor and the peacemakers. Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, and, and he calls people into a different way of life. He wants them to know that He is there to change everything, and He is there to inspire them to be different, to live boldly for God's kingdom. He says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town cannot, uh, built on a hill cannot be hidden. You are to represent God in this world. You are to image God in, in, in working to make 
creation better. It's not so that you can just stand around and look super holy. Oh my goodness, look how holy he looks or she looks. That's, that's not what God is calling us to. God is calling us to an inward and outward holiness that yes, on the inside, we are being made more and more like Jesus, but that leads us to action, to transformation where we can share God's love and glory with the world around us, that by our very actions and deeds that others come to know the God of all creation, that restoration, reparation, and, and life can be found in Jesus. Paul, uh, who was a, an apostle after the fact, uh, he met the resurrected Christ and, and had been persecuting the church, but changed his direction and started building new communities of faith all over the world, he writes a letter to one of those communities called uh, the letter to the Corinthians or the epistle to the Corinthians. And it's a letter to the church in a place called Corinth. And he says this, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. We are to journey toward God, to, to allow God to move in and through us, to make us more and more like Jesus. Our journey helps us to more closely resemble God, and then we reflect the glory of God around us and share that, not so that we can be super holy on our own, but so that we can share God's grace and love with all those around us. And, and if you are like me, you can look at this and you can think, man, it, it seems impossible because of my circumstances. You just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know the heartache and heartbreak that I have had to live through. You don't know the difficulty I have had in my life. And yet, we see God using those things, the brokenness, the hard times, the difficulty in our lives, to strengthen us and make us more like Jesus. Uh, Peter, who was uh, Jesus' right-hand man, writes a letter, and it says this in 1 Peter, in all this, you greatly rejoice. He's talking about trials. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even, through refine, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He's saying we are being refined in the process of our lives, in the journey, even through the hard times and the rough times, we are being refined into something pure, something more like Christ. Uh, recently, we've been talking uh, in, a, in my Wednesday night class about James, and one of the, one of the pictures that we have in, in that is, is this view of smelting. 
Uh, the way that smelting works, I, mostly I just wanted to say smelting uh, in a message, but the idea is this, um, the way that silversmiths refine metal, especially at the time of Jesus, is they take the metal and it's ore that, that's pulled out, it's full of impurities and, and it's not what it should be, it's not useful for being a precious metal because it's got so many other things in it and they put it in, in the, the container and they heat it up. And in the process of heating, it becomes a liquid. And when it's liquid, the impurities rise to the top. And the silversmith cleans off the impurities. And when he cleans off the impurities, uh, he lets it cool and then, then heats it back up again so that new impurities that are not new impurities that are in there, but other impurities that didn't rise to the top the last time rise to the top. And, and again, it goes through the process over and over again, removing the impurities from the metal until at last, until at last, the smith is able to look into the liquid metal, into that molten silver and see his reflection. That's the same process that God is doing in our lives. That the trials, the troubles, the, the struggle is so that we can be made more into the image of God. Not that God is causing the brokenness to happen so that we can be refined through it, but, but in spite of the brokenness, we are being refined into a pure, more perfect version of ourselves that God then can look and see His reflection in us. And when others look, they see God's reflection as well. Uh, the question that I have is, wouldn't a more perfect Jesus-like version of you be better? Wouldn't a more perfect Jesus-like version of me be better? Absolutely. In everything I have, I want to represent Jesus better. The truth is, you should be indistinguishable from Jesus. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. You should be indistinguishable. That there should be no difference between Jesus and you. That, that the Spirit within you, that Christ within you, moving and growing and, and, and shaping you should help you to be more and more like Jesus until at last. When someone sees you, they see the very face of God. What a beautiful image that is. The best is yet to come because that is where we're headed, friends. When the world looks at you and sees Christ, you are on the right path. Maybe right now for you, it's every once in a while. Maybe right now for you, you represent God only poorly, only dimly. But when we open our hearts and our minds, when we allow God in to work in and through us, it can change us from the inside out so that we can be God's hands and God's feet, so that we can make an impact right here and right now, not waiting for some distant time, but instead making a difference here in this moment for the very kingdom of God. So the question, <laughs> the real question is, how are we doing on that? How are you doing on that? And if you're like me, you can sit back and you can say, how can I even get to a place like that? How can I, how can I be that much like Jesus? I mean, I know me and I struggle with so many things. How, how God, can you make me into that? I, I, I can sometimes 
be heartbroken and, and, and disheartened and, and feel like it's impossible. How can I be like Jesus? What does it look like to allow this? And, and I want to start with some practical thoughts on this, some things that got me to move forward in my relationship. And, and I want to encourage you with those. Maybe, maybe for you, this is something you do already, and I'm going to encourage you to go deeper into it. But the first and foremost thing, the most important thing that we can do every day is to spend time in prayer. So if you are not doing that, I want to encourage you. I, I want to plead with you in the name of Jesus to spend 10 minutes of intentional prayer every day. 10 minutes every single day in prayer. What, what would it look like for you to find 10 whole minutes in the morning or in the evening or in the afternoon, whenever you can find that 10 minutes, to make that a practice, a discipline in your life to say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in prayer. In the presence of God, I'm going to spend 10 minutes. And in that presence, do this. Open your heart to God and say, God, I need you to transform my heart so that the things that I say, the things that I do are, are more in line with, with your passion, with your love, with your desire for my life. I, I want you to change my heart so that it breaks for those that you love, so that it hurts for those that are hurting, so that it spurs me to do something different. And then open your mind to God. Open your mind to God so that he can, he can perfect your thoughts, so that within us we can have the mind of Christ focused on doing the will of God, our Father in heaven, so that we can represent God in this world, so that we can be the image bearers that God wants us to be, so that we can think God's thoughts, so that we can live out God's desires so that our hearts and our minds are unified in Christ. This is, this is crazy stuff, but it's stuff that if we, if we truly seek after, it can change everything for us. And then let your faith drive you toward Jesus, not just toward trying to, uh, to, to seek after him, but trying to represent him, trying to live like him, trying to love like him, trying to embrace him within yourself so that your heart and your mind are aligned in the doing of what Christ is calling you to. And then let your love of God and neighbor spur you to action to spur you to action. That, that you don't just want to be holy on the inside, but you want to live a life that represents God well. And if you're sitting out there and you're saying, man, that sounds great, but impossible, I want to encourage you with this one last thought. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> It sounds silly, but it's true. Fake it till you make it. It's the image of, of I don't think I am holy enough or righteous enough, but I'm going to pretend to be more like Jesus. I'm going to act more like Jesus with the hopes that something will change within me. I'm going to represent Christ as well as I can, as good as I can, with the hopes that some of it will rub off on me. Fake it till you make it. Right now, we're right around the corner. It's Halloween. 
Uh, next, next weekend, we have our, our Fallapalooza, and all of the kids are going to gather here uh, and wear costumes, and uh, I probably will have on a costume as well, but I remember, I remember the power of putting on a costume. Like, I remember putting on a costume of, of one of my heroes, whether it was Luke Skywalker from Star Wars or, or, or so many others, Thor, or whatever it was, I would put on the costume and I would pretend to be empowered with whatever they had the power to do. And, and, and what's crazy is I, I wanted so much to be like them that, that I, you know, I tried to act like them. I tried to pretend to be like them. And that power in that moment of, of putting on the costume of, of pretending was so powerful. Like, like, it boggles my mind that we don't do this more frequently in the church, that we don't just say, hey, let's just all pretend to be Jesus. Let's just all pretend that we are super holy people and hopefully some of it will rub off on us. Let's fake it till we make it if we have to. If, if we are so far from, the, from, from where we want to be with God, let's just pretend until, until we don't have to. Let's have faith that God will do something great within us, even if we feel distant from Him. If God desires this for us, if God desires this for us, He's not going to leave us alone to do it on our own. He's not going to let us alone when we're pretending to be more like Christ. He's not going to let us alone when we pray for help and, and say, well, good luck. I hope you got this on your own. No, the gift of Jesus is that we have the presence of God's Holy Spirit that dwells within us and helps and, and seeks to make us more into the image of God. And if we have to pretend that God then will work in and through us to make the pretending, the reality. That God will make us more like Christ. And maybe it starts by just trying to imitate, to pretend, but it finds its fulfillment in living a life for Jesus Christ, making a difference in this world and knowing that that difference echoes in the world that is to come to know that truly the best is yet to come because we are the salt and light of the world, transformed in the image of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God so that together we can be more like Jesus than we ever had imagined, that together we can love people and make a difference in the world around us so that together we can break down barriers and harm and hatred can be, be thrown out so that we can replace them with love and grace. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Let's truly be image bearers, redeemed by God himself through the gift of Jesus Christ so that we can go into the world making a difference, loving people where they are, sharing grace and hope, and ensuring that God's love is known by all. Let's be salt and light for the world. Will you pray with me? Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift of Jesus, for the hope we have in redemption through His life, death, and resurrection, and for the gift of your Holy Spirit 
Father, sometimes we can feel so far from you. So make your spirit overwhelming within us. That, that we feel your redemption and work within us. That we feel your calling and prompting. That we feel your presence always within us. So that we can be made more and more into the image of God. So that we can represent you here and now. So that we can boldly live for Jesus. And God, help us to be more like Christ each and every moment, even if we start by pretending, by imaging, not really being, but just faking it. Help us to grow into it. Help us to live into it. Help us to love you fully and help us to be transformed so that we can be more like Jesus right here, right now, because the best is yet to come. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.